Hi, this is Pastor Joshua Morocco, and you are listening to our King's Central Podcast. I hope you get encouraged. I hope the Word of God brings transformation to your life and empowers you. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the Word. Praise God. Would you take a moment out and give God the greatest shout? I mean, one of those ridiculous, like I'm expecting something from you. Kind of, Come on, we can do better than that. That's our King, our King, our King. Wow, wow, grab someone by the hand, those of you that are familiar with each other, <laughs> uh, whatever, grab somebody by the hand that's next to you, whatever. Father, thank you for your awesome presence. We know that you're here, we're confident that you're here, we're confident that you're doing something that our eyes can't see, and we're absolutely comforted by that. We have no issues with the fact that you're doing some amazing things in every life here. Ask that you would do something in our hearts to receive from you, may we be quick to snatch to grab, to hold your word. May we be very quick, very, very quick to respond to you. All the glory is yours in Jesus' name and everybody say amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Always a joy to be here, of course, at, uh, at KC. There's so many of you that absolutely love you. I certainly love uh, Dr. Morocco and, of course, Pastor Colleen, who is very precious, and the entire Morocco family, of course. My wife and I, we love you all so much. Thank you for your love, your constant love for us. It's quite amazing. I'll say this real quick because I don't have a long time, but the first time, one of the first times that I came here, I, um, Dr. Morocco, we were just walking up on the platform, and I think, I can't remember if we were just trying to find a location for the organ and whatever, something to that effect. Uh, it's rare that anybody would ask the question such as the question that he would ask me. He may not even remember this. And it caught my attention immediately because the question is such a rarity. And he says to me, he said, you know, what, what, he asked me what I was doing and, and uh, you know, the effectiveness of what I was doing and et cetera. Then he asked this question. He said, what can I do to help you fulfill what God wants you to do? Now, that sounds common, right? You would think, but how untrue that is. And I will never forget that. Right then and there, I knew something. I knew God was working something in the spirit. And I'm so grateful to be a part of Casey. I love you so much, Dr. Morocco, Pastor Colleen. Let's give them a great big God bless you. I love them. I know you do. Praise God. To all of our prophets, I can take so much time to talk about, of course, the Hammonds, who is amazing. And my daughter is there with them there. And and of course, with the Harkies, you know, my little girl, our little girl, Darlene, is there. They have ministered to her over, the, over, these, over this last year in a very powerful, powerful way. Her life is not the same. I'm so grateful. Thank you all so much. And to, of course, Apostle, we love you. And of course, Bosman, we love you all. Appreciate you all. How many can say praise God for all of these amazing prophets? Yes. I want to take you to a very familiar passage of Scripture. I want you to follow me. It's in the book of Mark. I kept asking uh, the Lord about some things, and I'll explain to you as we're looking at these passages. Uh, in the book of Mark, if you would turn there with me really, really quick, the first chapter of Mark. And I don't know if it's possible if you can turn up monitors. It'd be great if you could. Thank you so much. Um, you, you know, when you, think, when you think of Jesus, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that we, we can look at him and grab. We can, you know, we love his teaching or the miracles, you know, we, we're selective and we have, unfortunately, we, we, we have to deal with the consumer mind, even in the church, 
trying to find a deal, you know, blue light special, something that Jesus is doing for the season, for the moment, because most of us are kind of like season driven. Um, we don't see him as the constant. There's like no seasons in him. He is who he is. I am he who was, is, and is to come. So there's no seasons in him or in his nature. He's never like kind of like in the mood to heal you. You know, I don't want to, I'm, this is not the season to heal you. Like, I know you're, you, I know you're looking bad and feeling bad, but I'm not in the mood to touch you. There's this constant care within him. His nature is never disturbed by anything that's going on in your life or around your life. He is always accessible. And this is what I love about him. He is accessible. Listen, I want you to hear this. When you pray, he doesn't partially hear you. He's not partially deaf. And when he, uh, deaf, and when he touches you, he's not partially touching you. I mean, you get to hold him. And when you get his full attention, when you open your mouth and you pray, God hears you when you pray. Now, if you want answered prayer, there are rules to prayer. There are rules. I mean, he calls you, said that this is the way it works. I don't want no doubt in your heart. I need you to see me. I need you to set me apart from everything that's happening in your life. I don't care how miserable you are. Set me apart from everything because after all, there's nobody like me. So he really seeks to get our full attention and then, yes, convert our hearts to see him the way he is. Do you understand? Now, what that means for us is that when we stand before him and we're in prayer, whatever the case may be, are we seeking him what I'm just saying? You need to understand that you're not seeking parts and portions of him. It is the full person. It is the Messiah. It is the Savior, the healer. He is the Christ. Very important. Because if you're not careful, you use the same shopping mindset that you, when you go to Walmart, you do that when you come to church. And you'll try to look for some kind of deal, some kind of, you're looking for a coupon or something. That's not how it works. When we come to him, I don't care what's happening in your life. When you come to him and you surrender to him, you get God fully God. I'm just telling you. So like this church, this ministry, if you don't really, if you don't really consider where you are, you will think that only Jesus is here partially or he's just on the platform or he's just with the musicians or with the singers. You won't see him everywhere. You don't understand that he truly is waiting for somebody to lift up their heart in their hands and, and really see him for who he is. So the idea in saying that is, in the book of Mark, there's a few portions of scripture that I want us to look at. Because I want you to understand clearly, not that you don't, you're in a house that is extremely work driven. So it's not like I'm gonna preach something you haven't heard, that is not the point. I just wanna stand and remind some of us about the power of the Christ in whom we serve. First of all, let me explain something to you. How many of y'all say, put your hand up right now? Let me see. Some of you don't know it yet, you don't know. Let's have an altar call now, Father. How many of you saved and you know you're saved? Let me see. There's some of you all the way in the back, your hand ain't going up. Ushers, get to them quickly. How many, one more time, the third time I'm asking, how many of you saved? Put your hand up, all right, all right. Are you happy that you're saved? Please tell your face that some of you, your face don't know it. How many of you happy that you're saved? I asked, I asked some of y'all that a few moments ago, I am happy, can't you see? No. How many are really happy that you're saved? Okay. 
And Jesus alone, believe me when I tell you, is that inspiration. But I want us to pay very close attention to who it is that we're serving. I kept asking God, what is it about our house? What is it about KC? What is it? What is it about this place that is different than any place I have ever been to, ever preached at? You all are some of the most spectacular, amazing people on the planet. And I'm always overjoyed to come. And of course, our church in Visalia, who I absolutely love, and I, I'm humbled to be a part of that ministry and to be in leadership there. But I, I also tell them about you all because it really is a truth. It's a very unique house. And so let's look at these verses because I believe this is one of the things that sets many of us apart. How many are ready for God to really do something in your life? Hold your hand. Okay. Let's look at this, please. First chapter, ninth verse. And it came about... In those days that Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately, when? Immediately. Coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. Listen to this. And a voice came out of heaven. Listen to what he says. Thou art my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. And immediately, 12th verse, and immediately the spirit impelled him to go out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by the devil. And he was with the wild beasts and the angels, I love this, were ministering to him. Now I want to read several things. So I want you to stay real close with me as we kind of, kind of go through some of these verses. I want you to get this picture in your mind. Jesus, the son of God, you know, Mary's baby. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus, the son of God, baptized, comes out of the water. And the Bible says, the scripture said, the heavens are open. He saw the heavens open. Voice came from heaven, said, you are my beloved son and you I'm well placed. So let's look at the son. Let's first get a real good picture of who he is. One is he is beloved by the father. Well, you said he's beloved by the father. Come on, Seth. It's okay. He's beloved by the Father. And he's well-pleased. Everybody say he's well... Yeah. So he's beloved and he's well-pleased. So this is a life. Let's see it. This is a life that is beloved by the Father and he is pleasing, well-pleasing in the sight of God. Everybody agree? Everybody agree? Loved by the Father. Come on, Seth. Loved by the Father. Well-pleased. So tell me who Jesus is. Loved by the Father. Come on, Seth. Well-pleased. One more time. Who is he? Loved by the Father, and what else? Well pleased. Now, this is what the scripture says. Now remember, because it's really interesting when you stop to think about the life between the Father and the Son, Christ Jesus, of course, and his Father. It's a very, the, the, just the relationship is mind-boggling that God loved us so much that it spills over into where we are. He takes on human flesh to manifest his love. It's just, it's mind-boggling to have God wrapped in human flesh to save us. Our condition was so jacked up, he couldn't get to us any other way. So he decided to come on his own. And he laid his life down. Nobody took it. He said, I laid my life down. If I got the power to lay it down, I got the power to pick it up. So now we're dealing with this conquering, this overcoming, this, this is this nature. His nature is not some wimpy nature. It's not some sissified language, uh, um, nature. And he doesn't speak that way. 
It's really important to identify who he is. I know some of us, we find our, our, our true identity in a lot of things and a lot of people. We have hero people and all this kind of, I, that's fine. But we should never find anyone to replace who Christ is. And this is the reason why I hear people talking, I'm church hurt and I went through this and somebody talked about me. Oh my God, I can't even believe it. That's why I don't go to church no more because people are always talking about me. And you, and you walk around, look into your wounds. You've been in church 50 years, look in the same spot. God help us. And you're talking about your injuries and what you've been through, right? And you forget that Jesus was injured before he died. He was, you, did you understand? We can't stop there at our injuries and we cannot stop and allow ourselves to be confused about the life that we're in. One, he is loved the Father and he is well pleased. He's pleased the Father. Lift your head up and say, God, thank you for the life. So this is the life that you're in. Did you hear me? I'm, I'm not trying to bore you. I just need to lay some things out. This is the life that you're in. You're in this life. That life is in you. Did you hear me? You're in this life and that life is in you. The life that pleases the Father. The life in which the Father loves. The life in which that the Father absolutely adores. That's the life that we're actually in. How you like that? Now, I know some of y'all, I know, I, you know how we get, you know how we get, right? We find new shoes and say, girl, you see my shoes? Girl, I just got those. I showed it. Mm-hmm, show have. Mm-hmm. You brag about a lot of, you see my ride? You see my whip? Yeah, you know, we, we brag about stuff. We get, my house is something else. Listen, there's nothing greater than being in him and him being in you. There's two realities about the kingdom. One is that you're in the kingdom, you're possessed by the kingdom, and then the other reality is you also possess the kingdom. Crucial to understand this, crucial, because what God is doing in KC, and I have the full description of what I believe, my, I mean this from my heart, God is going to do things you have never seen in your life. You have no idea, and you should be okay with that. Because knowing everything is not the prerequisite for us to obey God. Whether you know it or not, we're called to obey. Lift your hand up and say hallelujah. So here's another verse that I want us to look at and we're going to get, I want to get right to the meat of this. And this is what it says in about demons. Now he's going to cast demons out as you know. He's, you, you know Jesus is off the chain. But I mean, he's, that means that's slang to say that. Yeah, okay. That's not Greek or Hebrew. Don't, get, don't start tripping. So the idea, you're going to find that these demons are going to cry out to him. Listen to this. Are you here to torment us before our time? Listen to this. I, I thought it was amazing because now they can identify him. Listen to the verse 22. And they were amazed at his teaching. One, his teaching. For he was teaching them as one having authority and not as described. So let's identify him again. The father loves him, right? Pleases the father. And now he has this authority. He is teaching with power. Get it? How many of y'all get it? I want, you to, I want you to picture it in your mind. And just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out. Listen to what he says. What do we have to do with you? And he knows who he is. And he says, Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to destroy us, torment us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So let's get it. You ready? Let's get it. You ready? So you have this one that pleases the Father. The Father loves him. He's beloved. 
He teaches with authority, teaches in power, yes, and demons know who he is. Now, I know some of you, you, you busy running after devils. Huh? Oh, my God. You know, some of us seem to think that the news should be the thing that scares us. So you walk around scared all the time. It's always what you're seeing on the news and hearing the end times. Yes, and the demon, the devil, and all of his imps and pimps. Mm -hmm, show enough, show have, show will. Mm -hmm. yeah, you're, on that, you're on that kind of wave thing, you know, that everything that's bad, it incites you. It gives you another reason to be afraid. Then you don't understand who it is that you're serving. One, please to the Father. Love to the Father. He teaches with authority. Walks in power and demons are dreadfully scared of him. So for those of us that just want to play church, then you don't understand. This is not the time for us to play in the sandbox. You need to know who you're serving. You need to know who's in you, who possesses you, who resides in you. And it's out of that life that you too, the father say, well, please with you. Love you. Walk in authority, teach in power. Now, I want you to see this because it's interesting because Jesus was not impressed with demons knowing who he was. Because there's some of us, you know, we feel, we feel important. We want to just feel important. Don't matter if the devil knows who he is. I don't even want to go there. Everybody say, move on, Bishop. Move on, please. Just, it doesn't even matter because some of us, we just want to feel important. We don't care if the, you know, demons don't mind. It's Jesus said, I don't even need you to even promote me. Shut up up I'm not impressed with you promoting me I don't need you in my amen corner pat me on the back I shut your mouth and he cast them out he didn't stop and say that's it tell them who I am he commanded them immediately shut the mouth period and when you begin to move through these few chapters you find something that these people have never seen before and this brings me to the pandemic you have no idea of the stage that God has set up to show his power. While some of us are walking around whining, scared, I'm just saying, you aren't going to scared every little thing. I'm going to get the germ. I'm going to get the bug. I've never seen so many people stressed out about the bug. That's why we got a lot of buggy Christians. And God has to begin to help us identify, first of all, there's something he's doing in the earth. And it is very powerful and amazing please hear what i'm saying to y'all today one of the things that i'm finding is that the spirit of the living god is called the church to a place to re-identify who it is they're serving reseat him on the throne there are truths we have to recover now because we've been tourists sitting in the church you're not talking to me we come to get our little gig on. We come get our little spiritual groove on. We come touch me, Jesus. Touch me, Lord. Touch me, Savior. Yeah, he's probably going to slap you tonight. Because the truth is, he's raised us up. You ready? For war. He raised you up not to be some spiritual wimp. You have to identify the one that you're in, you're with, and that also possesses you. And the demons that knew him back then, 2,000 years ago, they know who you are as well.
You better say something. I'll throw this mic at you and run out of here. I mean, the time has come for us to really understand the charge. It is true. We don't understand everything that is happening. But what we do understand is our identity in Christ. We are, ladies and gentlemen, you might as well pop your collar. We are sons of the living God. Oh, you don't want to say nothing? Oh, you don't want to say anything? Let me help you just a little bit. Whatever is born of the flesh is, and whatever is born of the spirit is, you have been born again, 2 Corinthians. You know the verse 5, 17. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a brand new creature. All of the old stuff is gone. Behold, everything now is new. And you're in a life to learn new. You're not familiar with this. All of this is new. And so when God calls you into this, please hear it. Every day is a day that God sets you up to give him new obedience. The old obedience won't work. It's the new obedience. You should get happy. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, this is time to really get. He gives you a day to bring to the table a new obedience. The gospel presents to us a word and new language. Yes, yes, yes. And good news that brings us into the presence of who he is so that we can through and by and for the son, yes, a life that is so great and it is so accomplished and it is so amazing. May I say this to many of you that's been struggling and you're intoxicated by the news reports and all of the stuff that's going on and there's a lot of stuff that's going on. The body of Christ, the church of Christ, literally is a people of solutions. We we are people, we are, listen, we are anointed for this moment. Now, I don't want to hurt your feelings. I love you. I love, come on, I love you. You love me. Happy family. Yeah, uh, yeah. yes, praise God. Yeah. Let, let, let's get this straight. We are not called to fit into things. There's an anointing and a grace upon us to stand out. If you're trying to blend in, you're going to mess up. God has called us, ladies and gentlemen, he has called the body of Christ to be the greatest force in the earth. You are people that's filled with power. You can't have Jesus without having power. You can't have him without having what? Power. So God deals with us in a very heavy, heavy way. So I was asking God, what is, how do we define KC? What is it about this particular ministry that is so intense when it comes to serving, so intense? And I got to show you the verse. Are you ready? Are you ready for the verse? Say, I am, I am. Same chapter. Go to the 37th verse real quickly, and I want us to look at this. It's quite unique, or the 38th verse. No, no, no. Let's go to that 30. Let's go to 35. And in the morning, and early in the morning, while it was still dark, he arose and went out and departed to a lonely place and was praying there. You oftentimes hear Dr. Morocco talk about prayer. And let me tell you, prayer is no joke. This is not something that we should avoid. And the Bible said, and Simon and his companions, they hunted for him. And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And this is what defines KC. Are you ready for this? And Jesus, it's like hearing Jesus say these very words through this ministry. Let us go somewhere else to the towns nearby in order that they may, that I may preach there also, for that is what I came out for. Why? 
because Jesus, his life will never let you sit in the corner somewhere. His life will never let you stop having vision. Here's what he says, because I'm, I just want you to see this, because you've got to be willing, ladies and gentlemen, for what's going to happen. One, you have to be willing for people to mistake you to be a sinner. You have to be willing for people to tell you that you have a prince of, that this is Jesus, that they have no discernment of knowing who he is. You have to be willing his life, everybody is not going to celebrate his life that's in you. Everybody's not going to give you a bunch of, you know, you know, a bunch of cheers and praises just because you're serving God. You have to be willing to understand his life. The life that pleases the father doesn't mean it's going to please men. You have to be willing that when you stand up against certain things that they've legalized that is sin. And when you make a stand to preach against that and to speak against that, you have to be willing for people to, to ostracize you and to not like you. you. You can't walk around like a sissy in church. You're not saying much. You gotta have, you're going to have to get some backbone. Come on, talk for a minute. You're going to have to be willing. You're going to have to be willing for them to call you sinners when you know you're a saint. You're going to have to be willing for them to, to say that you're wrong when you know you're right. You cannot let anything shake you because the life of who he is is the life that we have now. It's a life that's filled with accomplishment. It pleases the Father. It's a life filled with power. It's a life that has the word. And you know and I know the one thing that happens when you get saved, his very nature causes you to crave for who he is. It's this craving that takes place. How many remember when you got saved? You do anything to go to church. Something happens in your spirit. And the scripture that defines if I can say this, the scripture that defines what the activity is here in KC, one is the life of Jesus, number one. And the Father is pleased. I know you may have not heard this, but the Father is pleased with the Christ in the ministry. He's pleased with the fact that you're not sitting back and doing nothing. What in the world would drive anybody to buy pieces of property, one property after the other, one property after the other, raise up leaders, raise up pastors? What? Can you just calm down? We just got through buying this and getting that. Another offering? Are you kidding me? Will it ever cease? Will it ever stop? Read my black lips. No. Not as long as that verse is ringing in this house. Let's go somewhere else. Let's go to the other towns. Let's find another village. I was called for this. I came for this. Dr. Morocco was born for this very thing. You better say something. But come on now. Listen, I can have church by myself. And I only got a few minutes, but y'all know I can show enough dance. I want you to get it fixed in your mind because the very verse, that verse lives in this ministry. It's a verse that says, I will go from, from town to town, from city to city. I was born for that. That's the very life that you have. You don't have the life that's trying to find a place of convenience, a place where you can retire in church. I just want to retire and then worked in church and then gave in church. It's time for me to not here, baby. You might refire, but you won't retire. Not as long as that life is in this ministry. I will tell you this now. God has raised this ministry up to go from city to city, from town to town, from state to state, from nation to nation. Why? I was called for that very purpose. Now you say, well, what does this mean? Let me explain to you what I'm saying. One, Jesus' very life 
pleases the Father. His very life is the love of the Father. His teaching is filled with authority. Demons hated him. He tormented demons. He didn't even acknowledge them. He didn't say, I know you got a devil. Come on out of here. No, it was the demon that acknowledged him. I know why, why are you coming. So, I believe every ministry should torment demons. I believe every ministry that is called by God should put them on chase. I believe every ministry should have such an anointing that when there's something demonic in church, this is why people try to hide. I want you to understand this. This is the reason why when you think of Adam, you can't think of Adam groping in the dark trying to find God again. No, when he fell, he did. And this is a fact. According to the book of Genesis, third chapter, the very first thing he did is hid. He didn't repent. He hid. God is the one that said, Adam, where, where, where you at? I hiding. What, what happened to you, boy? I said, naked. Who told you you was naked? Now, and some of us, we want to hide. This ain't the time to hide. It's the time to repent. America is now the time to repent. You can't do what you're doing in the abortion clinics. It's time to repent. You can't curse the earth. It's time to repent. You cannot make laws. You can't, legislation cannot make laws that literally drives people to sin. Legalize what God hates. It's time to repent. You can't hide in church the way you used to. Bring your little cute self in. You can't do that. And I know there's some churches you might be able to. You can't do it here. Can't, can't do it here. Walk in church and knock the frost off the pews. And brother, brother Polar Bear gets up and preaches the same old stale sermon he'd been preaching for 50 years. I'm telling you, ice skating down the aisles. Nothing happened. Come in one way. Go out the same way you came in. Singing the song Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I once was bound. I'm still bound blind and still can't see. Not in this house house there's anointing in this house Jesus is in this house and he's in the church worldwide and I'm telling you right now you never built the way you're going to build you never touched the lives the way you're going to touch them you will see those that are demonically oppressed that thing broken off of them lift your hands up now lift them up high as you can like you're under arrest lift them up high it is that life and that life alone that needs to matter again I want God to call us out of tourism in church, bouncing from place to place. May God grace us to be so committed, moving from one place to another place. Yes, every time you hear them say, we're going to buy another building. Yes, Lord. Every time they say, we're going to build another school. Yes, because it's from place to place to place. Throw your hands up and say, God, I love you and I thank you for what you're doing. Say it out loud. Say it out loud. Say it out loud. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing. I hope the word encouraged you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the King Central Podcast. God bless you. Walk in power and walk in the fullness of that which God has given you.